0: Welcome back. Today is part two on how to generate 10 free listing leads now. And we're going to be getting to point number six. If you did not listen to the first five points, please do listen to the podcast from yesterday. And thanks to all of you who are giving us a five-star review on iTunes and Stitcher and all your favorite podcast listening devices. And if you've not yet done so, please do consider giving us a five-star review. And also do subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're putting all these uh, podcasts up on YouTube as well. I know a lot of you like to have YouTube growing in the background just listening to the podcast, and that's uh, really great. So before we get to point number six, I'm going to share with you guys something I'm working on. Oh, well, Julie and I have been working on it together, but I spent probably two hours on it together. Right today rather is uh, understanding how to explain to all of you what the metaverse is and how it's going to relate to the real estate industry. And I have to tell you, it has been an absolute uh, mind bender experience. Trying to not just understand it myself, but trying to make it so that it's understandable by other people. That's really the art and science of doing a really good podcast, is taking really kind of confusing topics and you maybe sometimes uh, having two competing thoughts in your head at the same time and being able to fairly Im- uh, fairly present both of them mm-hmm. without being too biased one way or the other.
1: Definitely, especially something like this that's a bit off the menu, and <laughs> uh, I've us. been writing your notes, and <laughs> it's like each point is like... Huh? Really? That's interesting. Let me go back and read that again.
0: Well, you know what? When I was writing the notes, I think it's point number seven. We're going to start on these um, metaverse, the metaverse uh, stuff tomorrow. I think it was point number seven mm-hmm. uh, that it was uh, all of a sudden. I had this. Um, remember. Hey buddy, you want to buy? You want to buy the Brooklyn Bridge? My guys, remember I know that? I had
1: that same thought too. Like, I know. if you like this, I've got some land in Florida for exactly. you. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Do now some of you? This is I <laughs> they don't have know. no idea what we're talking well, about. Well, I don't know that people even still understand that. But the gist of it was is like supposedly this story is in something like the 1920s or 1930s or something like that or 40s. Who knows? But there was somebody that was, and he eventually got caught, was essentially selling and reselling the Brooklyn Bridge, but not for real. He was just essentially a con man that was selling it to other people. And the story goes that um, the police would be on the bridge seeing the supposed new owners surveying where they were going to put up tolls so they can start monetizing their new (laughs) investment, the Brooklyn Mm -hmm. Bridge. And evidently this guy um, was so successful at this that he sold the Brooklyn Bridge and what if inflation adjusted would amount to like tens of millions of dollars. So as I was going through these points, good salesperson though. Well, I guess. I guess, but as I was going through these points and I was writing all this down, especially exploring how virtual real estate transactions are happening, how there's virtual architects mm-hmm. and now there's like Ralph Lauren just basically got in the metaverse, just writing all this down and studying all this. It really does feel like there's somebody on my shoulder going, Psst, Hey buddy, want to <laughs> buy the Brooklyn bridge? <laughs> <You> <laughs> but believe this. despite yeah. that, <laughs> I think we're going to present you guys a fairly fair. uh, a fair and balanced approach to understanding the metaverse because it is here and julie and i just returned from an exp event and i can tell you right now that if there's going to be a real estate brokerage that is going to be ahead of the curve and getting onto the metaverse because it is real despite the fact that at my you know age it's sort of hard to wrap your, my mind around it at 50. but the reality of it is it is going to happen it is real i look at our our daughter zoe you know she's in second grade and i see her playing roadblocks and you guys who have little blocks whatever it's the stupidest <laughs> game ever is know, what it's it is so and the graphics are terrible everything about it's just awful but it is so immersive and addictive that she just you know we have to essentially hide her ipad so she doesn't play it all the yeah, time absolutely and, and so when i see that and i'm not a gamer neither is julie but when i see her playing that um it makes me realize this whole metaverse thing especially considering the technology that's coming again i don't want to you know give you guys too much information that show starts tomorrow um but when i when we have again studying all of this i can completely understand assuming the technology happens as fast as what people are saying it's going to happen if you can essentially have a one-for-one experience um where you it's indistinct it's distinguishable but virtually not distinguishable once you put on your vr headset once you put on your full body haptic uh suit you could, you're going to be able to feel wind on blowing on you. You're going to be able to feel human touch. You're going to be able to hear things. You're going to be able to have a literally immersive an, an experience that is almost one for one to real life. And I, again, going back to Zoe playing, you know, I call it Snot Blocks, but Roblox, yeah. Roblox, what is it? Roblox. Oh, so dumb. Anyway, I see her playing that. And how addictive she is to that, I can just imagine what's going to happen to humanity as soon as these metaverses actually sort of sort themselves out and they're clear winners. But again, we're going to drill down on all that starting tomorrow. And it's been a real interesting experience in science fiction meets reality. I know.
1: I read your notes and I'm like, it's, I want to say, okay, the metaverse, it's real, except it's not real, except it's real. Like, you know, how do you even explain that? So We're going to try and take you guys through that, and it certainly is an evolving thing, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure that we will have future podcasts as well as it develops.
0: But in the meantime. Meanwhile, back (laughs) to reality. Back to reality. So (laughs) how to generate 10 free listing leads now, part two. Julie Harris, point number six.
1: Yes, point number six. Again, we have been talking a lot about utilizing 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE, how to use your sign, how to use home brochure boxes. And before we get to point number six, Tim, I had a, a round of coaching calls today, as you know, and it did occur to me that due to so many years of such high velocity of sales, you know, things are you've listed and they sell quickly, that even our most experienced agents have gotten a bit out of touch with the fact that every listing you have should be treated like it's its own lead generator, its own business, its own just endless supply of self-generation of leads. So, because I, I had a lot of conversations like that today, and, and it's because you know if you know that you're going to put a sign in the yard, some of them don't even do that anymore, but you put it in the MLS, it's probably going to sell by this weekend. They have this sense of like, I don't have time to launch it. It's going to sell itself anyway, and yet they're losing sight. I think they're becoming very clear as inventory is pretty low right now. They have lost sight of the point of being a listing agent is to learn to self-generate to stop paying for leads to be more profitable. Well, let's take it sense. to the
0: next level. You and I were listening on our walk this morning. We walked mm-hmm. six miles um, about the uh, Rob Hahn uh, mm-hmm. Industry Relations. I think it's the name of the podcast. They, you know, I enjoy it. You know, it's it's always informative, and they do a great job. Two guys going back and forth. But one of the things they were talking about essentially is what you and I have been talking Uh about for four years on this podcast, which we saw essentially the buyer agent business model being something that really was uh, in question. And Julie and I were looking at it strictly from not the perspective of buyer agents aren't needed because we like buyer agents. Buyer agents make sense in the marketplace. Buyer agents are, you know, needed in the marketplace, Mm -hmm. but the reality of it was, is how they were being paid in the marketplace was something that was abnormal for how real estate markets work in the rest of the world. Like for example, in commercial, there is no buyer's agency, uh, in, in the rest of the, in the world where aside from Canada, you don't, there's no entitlement for a buyer's agent to get paid commission. So after having traveled and a lot, and you know, of course, Julie and I look at real estate when we're traveling. it uh, it became abundantly clear that the buyer agency thing in the United States would be something that um, technology companies and really market forces would start to put into question. Because if you're gonna try to squeeze more margin out of a transaction and you're an iBuyer company, obviously you're going to look to see where you can cut it and that's gonna be on the buyer agency side of things. Well, that's what was our perspective. We were just looking at strictly from a you know the the business opportunistic side of the of the equation, and then from that information, we really were always have been, but really more so once we saw the buyer agent. Uh, commissions being under uh, attack and all the rest of it, that business model being in flux. That's the reason we want you guys to triple down and become listing agents. Because when you're a listing agent, if you haven't noticed, the uh, technology companies are unable to disintermediate you from the transaction. So if you want to know what the future is going to be and what, uh, you know, essentially where the opportunities are in real estate, aside from maybe the metaverse, (laughs) they're going to definitely be like they always have been in becoming a powerful listing agent. So, you know, keep yes. these things in mind really, guys, is is that if you're progressing, you take one listing, you learn how to be a listing agent, you take one listing. We're going to show you how to generate 10 closed transactions from every single listing you take. Look, oh yes, it might be three, it might be five, it might be 20. But the moral of the story is, is you will be able to take that listing and you'll be able to leverage that into more opportunities, primarily focused on more sellers. More for free, leads. by the way, for, for free. free. And it all starts with the very basic simplest of things, which is your for sale sign. So go back and listen to yesterday's podcast specifically on that.
1: Yes, so point number six, uh, points number one through five were indeed yesterday. Point number six, do not hire virtual assistants to quote, convert your sign calls or any other kind of calls, by the way. Do not force your sign callers to go to a website, opt in or do anything other than call you. Also, actually answer the phone or call back immediately unless you're with clients. Furiously fast lead follow-up is what our coaching clients practice and it does work. Your best leads are sitting out in front of your listing right now, wanting to see it ASAP and probably buy it. They also probably have a house to sell depending on the price range, of course. So be the one who helps them when they need help. So many leads are lost because agents sit on them, they send them to voicemail, their voicemail is full, the client, the prospect can't find them, they go to an assistant, it's terrible.
0: Well, you guys are natural and I'm not criticizing you necessarily, but you guys really are not um, wanting to work buyer leads because buyer leads right now, in some markets are an act of utility. I 100% get it. But you gotta remember, half those buyer leads are gonna have houses to sell. They're not gonna buy until they sell. So you have to be calling back every single one of those buyer leads and pre-qualifying them. Now, some of you, to Julie's point, have never learned how to pre-qualify your own leads. You think you know how to do it, but you don't. You know how I know? Because you're not good at it based on how many listing leads you're pulling from your sign calls. And remember, if you don't have any listings, you can borrow somebody else's listing because chances are, there's agents within your same brokerage that aren't using signs. Go back and listen to yesterday's pod about mm-hmm. that. And with their permission, you can put your sign in their yard. You don't. I'm not suggesting you do what Zillow does and pretend it's not. You know their listing. You obviously want to be honest about that. Use their listing. Maybe even use their sign in their yard, but put at the top of the sign your 800 number for one eight hundred home hotlinecom and that's going to generate lots of buyer leads for you. But really, the bottom line, guys, is the best buyers are always driving the neighborhoods. They're not online. Remember that. That is not changing in a market like this. That's becoming even more true. If you're sick of losing buyers, uh, buyer sales to the buyers buying from the listing agents, well, then do what the listing agents are doing. Become a listing agent Mm -hmm. and be where the buyers are, which is sitting in front of the prospective houses that are for sale.
1: And answer your phone when they call.
0: Yeah, well, Furiously Fast Lead Follow. Seriously. You know, you said, wait, you know, they will answer your phone. What's going to happen nowadays if you use 800homehotline.com, you're going to call them back. Mm-hmm. The calling them back when they're not expecting you to call them is secret sauce, especially if they're prospective sellers. You have now transcended way past, and we didn't talk about this much yesterday. We were always talking about how to generate more uh, essentially seller leads from the people that are calling off your listings presenting as buyers, mm-hmm. using our script to pull out the prospective seller leads. But you got to remember too, if those are sellers and you're the one that's calling people back fur- furiously fast – and you're pre-qualifying them, there's an excellent chance that when their house does go for sale, especially if you use our script, you're going to get the listing for no other reason than you were impressive to them when you actually called back urgently, furiously fast after they called yes. looking for information on the house. You guys get this? They
1: love it when you call back. If you want to USP
0: <laughs> and differentiate yourself, differentiate yourself, it's not your damn TikTok videos. It's the fact you're actually doing your job at a high level. It's not your brand. It's the fact you actually called people back. That's what's going to blow people away. Yeah,
1: and you know what? That's something that every single listener right now can get good at, okay? Make the commitment to calling people back.
0: But use a script, guys. Don't wing it. If you're winging it, if you're thinking, well, I'm just going to make my own script, you are going Mm -hmm. to be real estate roadkill. Remember, guys, there are more agents in the industry right now, more agents that are members of the National Association of Realtors than there ever has been. 1.6 million. And it's believed that there's at least another million agents that aren't members of the National Association of Realtors. So there's, let's say, close to 3 million real estate people in the marketplace right now. And a vast majority of those people who got their freshly minted real estate licenses today Will be failed out of the business and not what has been the traditional amount of time, which is 24 months, but more like 14 months, 13 months. Most agents are failing faster despite the fact that there's more opportunity now than there ever has been because of all the things that are happening with demographics or all the things that are happening with mm-hmm. new construction we teach you in the coaching company. Why? Because they're doing the wrong things to build their businesses. They're not doing the real work of real estate. They're not doing what they don't want to do and they don't want to do at the highest level. They are buying leads. They're trying to delegate everything. They're working on their brand and their logo. They're not actually there making furiously fast follow-up calls to folks and then pre-qualify to pull out the listings. Anybody who's been successful in real estate long-term, they are saying, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know if you've been in this business for more than five years congratulations you now have beat out 90 percent of the other agents because if you don't fail within 24 months most all other agents will fail within 60 months so if you're listening to us and you've been in the business for five years you know what we're saying is true otherwise you wouldn't have been in the business for five years
1: that's it so point number seven do use in contract or pending writers and then sold on your signs This is some of the most valuable, least expensive, most effective advertising you can do. Get permission from the new owner to keep your sold sign up for a week or so after closing. Keep your home brochures in the box, but change the message to a compelling message. For example, good news, I sold this home in XYZ neighborhood in less than 24 hours. Or You might even say for 110% of list, whatever the case was. Bad news, there's five more people wanting to live here. Call me today to see if I already have a match for your home. I'm going to give you a quick example, right freshly off of a coaching call, okay, one of our Canadian agents also suffering from low inventory, inflation, interest rates going up, the whole nine, took a listing last week, okay, in a, let's just say, challenged neighborhood, okay, and didn't think that, it, you know, he already thought it was going to be sell, he, he thought it was going to be, uh, normally it would be about a uh, $450,000 listing, kind of rough, threw some paint on it, no big deal, put it on the market for what he thought was high at 580. You know what it ended up in contract for? 730 with 11 offers.
0: I have a story to tell too. No,
1: wait, what is he going to do with that? Uh Uh-oh, more to it. He is then going to prospect the neighborhood with the good news, bad news. Good news is, did you know that properties are selling in this neighborhood for 730, which was previously known as a 450 neighborhood? Wow. Okay. What would you do if you knew we could probably achieve the same price for you?
0: You're talking about John Walkinshaw, and this guy sells hundreds of houses per year. And he's going direct to doors and he's having direct conversations with the prospective sellers. Proactive. I'm going to share with the story with you. Yes. In our neighborhood here in Puerto Rico, Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. won't say prices. Okay. Okay. There was a house that sold, uh, that's in contract, Mm -hmm. that's in contract for roughly 30% more, number three, than what the previous sale has been.
1: Which was also a seriously high sale.
0: Right. And so I uh, messaged this agent and he was the one that was telling us that it's pending for this, this large number. And I uh, then said to him, why don't you go door to door and let everyone know <laughs> that you have done this? You had the success and you set the new benchmark.
1: Because people don't know.
0: They don't know. And everyone was asking us because they know we're in real estate. Well, they th- they don't know what the hell we do, basically. <laughs> but they associate yeah. Tim and Julie at real estate. That's so. right. And frankly, we do know what's going on because you, know, no matter whether we sell or not, we're still obsessed with real estate. It's what we do. Yeah, it's what we do. And um, so I then messaged him and I said, dude, go to – well, I didn't say dude. He was Hispanic, so I said, "What did I? What's dude in Spanish?" I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so of- I told him, "Make a flyer. Yeah. Go door to door. Yes. Let them know about your success and your new pending. Knock on the door, and we know for a fact that there's at least two of our neighbors that are thinking about selling. For and sure. And probably at that price, it would be more than probably
1: two. Probably nearly everyone. Did. Yeah. At
0: that price, everyone's going to be raising their eyebrow. And he messaged me back very politely and respectfully, uh-huh. and said, "Door knocking is not my style."
1: Ugh.
0: to which i said well then your competitors probably do have that style we'll go to the doors and tell all the neighbors about this new comp but they won't probably mention the fact that you're the one that put it in contract he supposedly double-ended this listing right so i promise you that's going to happen one of his competitors is going to go door knocking in our neighborhood let all the neighbors know about this new pending And they're then going to, that agent or agents are then going to pull out all the lowest hanging fruit of prospective sellers because it's not his style.
1: That's right. But there is a lesson in that too. Okay. So let's say that you're not yet a powerful listing agent and you're, you're, you know, climbing that ladder, you're getting your skills going. You can do what Tim just mentioned, right? You can find a recent You know, previously crazily priced sale in the neighborhood.
0: Let's not say that because we don't want to jinx it.
1: Right, exactly, right? (laughs) Especially in our neighborhood. Yeah. Um, But you can find (laughs) another sale, right? You just have to disclose that you got the information from the MLS or wherever. And you can go and door knock the neighborhood. You can get the message out there. A lot of the other thing that's really cool people are doing is using that nextdoor.com neighborhood mm-hmm. name slash neighborhood name and directing all the calls themselves. Ask me about the recent sales in your neighborhood.
0: Well, but, more, but more specific to this one in particular, because sure. it's going to be an eyebrow raiser when it actually you know, shows up as sold. Mm-hmm. People, that, but that's just asinine to me.
1: I agree. You, you, so
0: so this guy's mindset was, I took the listing, however long it took him to get the listing. Yep. I found a buyer, however long it took the buyer to work with him to buy the listing. And that he's not actually standing there be- underneath his apple tree and picking up all the little apples that are just barely, you know, just right above his head. That would be the sure. easiest. I mean, if you guys are standing here in our studio, I'm actually, <laughs> I find myself. Pick-
1: Pantomiming the I'm apples. Pantomime the picking, apple picking, picking up the low
0: hanging fruit. But that just, that's, that's like. True. That's incredible to me. And that's what yeah. a lot of you guys are. You know, that's how a lot of agents think. Mm -hmm. And that's not how you're supposed to be successful long-term. Be more
1: like John Walkinshaw in Canada, okay, because he is being proactive. I'm just imagining, you know, this is just a plain Jane, normal 450-ish, previously 450 neighborhood. Can you imagine when they find out that they might be able to get over seven? Like who, to your story, who wouldn't at least consider it? So we talked about... Maybe they're like, well, I don't know. Is that real? So he's going to offer to do for some free comparative market analysis. That's all in your guys' wheelhouse. Their conversation
0: starters is the point. That's in most the point. of the country, like where John is, there's real winter going on. Yes. And most of the people will say, I'm going to list my house in the spring, whatever the hell spring is to them. That When someone says that I'm going to put my house back in the market in the spring, always say, Mr. Seller, that's a fantastic idea. What does spring mean to you? When is that? And then say, is that February 15th? You know, Is that March 1st? Don't let them define it, you define it, because what you'll discover is they're just going to agree with whatever you said. That's right. And now you have an end date when the listing can uh, become available. Don't just allow the seller to control the conversation because oftentimes they don't have it defined what the hell it means. Yeah. Anyway, so let's go on. Yeah, to saying,
1: well, next- oh, okay, that's not a script. No. Okay, so uh, let's see. Number eight, are we on number eight? We are. Consider using reflective real estate signs on your rural properties or land listings. You can do that in normal neighborhoods as well. They last longer. They're much better quality. They reflect like stop signs. This is another point of difference on listing appointments. They're pretty cool.
0: Well, they're made by companies that make stop signs. Yeah. And uh, yes, absolutely. That's a no-brainer. Now, some of you are in communities where you cannot put up a for sale sign or a condo area or whatever, whatever. I get it. But for the vast majority of you, use the large... Now, again, we mentioned this yesterday and it's very fascinating. And I don't necessarily like telling stories about Julie and I's career, but it's salient. Um, So everyone, when Julie and I are in real estate, we essentially did all these points ourselves. Not essentially, we did. And one of the things we went to, we figured out that the for sale signs that everyone was using were from two different sign companies. And the reason the for sale signs from two different, they always were the same size is where I'm getting at. And they were relatively small. I don't remember the exact square footage. I mean, or however you measure like your
1: standard issue.
0: Thing. It's tiny. Yeah, I mean, it's not relatively bad. speaking. So I went did a little bit of homework and I found out from uh, zoning or whatever it was, mm-hmm how big a for sale sign could be and an average for sale sign or a for sale sign the maximum size it could be was based not quite a hundred percent but it was 75 percent larger twice as big it was huge compared to what the rest of the brokers were using the agents were using so obviously that would be a competitive advantage that Mm -hmm. makes our sign stand out more i can certainly in some small way use that as a listing tool when competing for a listing with you know a seller what makes you different and then you throw on the reflective sign, and then you put a brochure box on there, and then you put on the 800-home hotline uh-huh. rider right on the top. You, and the average agent doesn't even talk about their sign, let alone use a sign. You, don't you guys see how these little simple, not expensive things give you a true unfair advantage in the marketplace? They do.
1: Speaking of which, point number nine, do not have a confusing, overly busy-looking sign with 3 hang hanged-down riders, 14 phone numbers, a QR code, a website,
0: and your Facebook
1: address. Keep it simple. 100%. One number which goes straight to you. Ideally, 800-HOME-HOTLINE number.
0: Yeah. So all you want to have on your sign is whatever – okay, let's give them some advanced coaching. Sure. I'm still thinking about reflective signs.
1: I know. I I think if you guys want to Google, I think it's called Reflective Real Estate Sign Company or something like that.
0: So large reflective signs, uh, just visualize driving up a a street with sporadic city lights, and your headlights hit that, or someone's coming home from work, and and it's in the winter, so it gets – you know, especially if you're in the north – it gets winter, it gets dark at about 5.30, headlights hit that, reflect back immediately that you've made yourself more special in all your competition. That's very, very powerful. Now, here's the other thing. Now, some states, you're going to have uh, the broker's phone number, this is most states, mm-hmm. has to be on the sign. We had that issue in Ohio. Now, our phone number when we sold real estate was uh 614-846-0500. And, um, the, we had a lot of agents with, you know, basically we turned us into the division of real estate. They're not using our Remax, uh, North, us um, phone, phone number. number. Well, yes, we were, because what we did is knowing the law we had on our personal phone bill, we had it say Remax North forward slash Tim and Julie Harris and the phone company did not care. And so they put both of our names on the phone bill. And so when we got turned in, we were able to show them what the phone bill said, and we never had that issue again. So if you're in a yeah. state that does have a requirement for the broker's phone number to be on the uh, sign. It might be broker of record phone number, broker whatever, whatever. that's just semantics. Get it changed. Now, the phone number that you put on the sign, um, if it's, it should be your cell phone number and if you're in a state where it has to be the broker's phone number, I just told you how to change it, you're probably gonna have to get it registered with the state so everything's completely kosher. But your phone number in real estate is like your uh, – I mean, really, nowadays, your phone number is even more important than your email address, honestly, because yes. everyone texts. But your phone number is going to be something that you want to take with you that is your phone number. Because if you decide to go from ABC brokerage to you know, join Julie and I over at eXp, for, for example, example, you're going to want to have that phone number that you take with you because most people are going to have your phone number stored in their phone, tagged to, your phone uh, tagged to your name, and that is their own personal CRM right on their phone. You guys get it? Of course you do. By the way, if you guys want to join Julie and I at eXp, if you're ready to join eXp and you're looking for a, a, a sponsor that will be proactive in your success, Julie and I are formally applying for the job of being your eXp sponsors, you can guess what? Text me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. If you call, I promise you I will not answer, but if you text, I will respond. I'm sorry, 512, <laughs> I'm sorry, 512-758-0206 if you're ready to join eXp. So on your phone, on your sign, just have your uh, cell phone number ideally. And if it uh, if it can't be your cell phone number for whatever, another phone number that you control. And like 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE. And, and then on the rider, have yeah. 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE. Um, now if you can choose to Julie's point and you're you can figure out how to have just one phone number on the sign, just have the hundred uh, home hotline phone number on the sign. But again, you have to obviously abide by whatever your local state, whatever, whatever ordinances and laws and you know kangaroo court rules are. And that way you don't get in trouble. It's all semantics. It's yes. all you know goes back to, 1950s you know idea when brokers were essentially you know ruled every agent and all the rest of it now it's obviously tilted Mm -hmm. more towards agents being in control but you still have to abide by those old rules next point julie
1: point number 10 open houses are also fantastic lead generators use your sign to advertise your upcoming open houses Use inexpensive bandit signs as the corrugated kind of plastic type ones to direct traffic to your open house and door knock the homeowners whose yards you're planting signs in. Ask them who they know who you should invite to your open. Follow up on all open house leads using our system and our scripts to immediately convert leads to listings. Another coaching client example, Northern Virginia, Tammy Irby. Every time she does a neighborhood open, every time she gets a minimum of one active listing within two weeks or less, and usually has three or four listing leads from that, she calls them neighborhood opens because she advertises all the neighbors come, which of course are your listing leads. So you see how this is so counter to how agents are thinking right now? Why would I do an open when the house is gonna sell itself? Why would I use a sign when the house is gonna sell itself? Don't miss the point. We're talking about lead generation
0: here. Hold another agent's listing open if you don't have any listings that's in your brokerage. If you're in a brokerage where there's no listings, you need to move brokerages, brokerages. frankly. <laughs> you're not at a good brokerage if the brokerage has no listings. You need to move over to a brokerage that has, uh, where it has lots of active agents with mm-hmm. listings. And if you're the agent that has lots of listings, you should seriously consider having each of those listings open every single weekend. Julie and I did um, when we had – we did have a team. We had a Harris a tour of homes. And what we would do is we had all these corrugated signs that I, um, someone would put out for us. And it was pointing from one uh, one open to the next. And we'd hold each house open for an hour. And we did this when we were selling in New Albany, Ohio. So each, you know, starting at like uh, noon. The first one would be open from, you know, noon till one, one till two. You guys get the gist of it. And there were, were people that would go to every single open house. Okay. And we'd have somebody there that was working the open house. And the little again, this is all part of our open house strategy, which is part of our coaching program. Mm -hmm. um you always this is a little side note but i just had this popped in my head because we took listings this way too which was hilarious you net make sure if you're in a neighborhood and you're putting signs in people's yards Mm -hmm. always ask permission to put the sign in the yard we (laughs) if you
1: don't and i mean so many of them they'll take it the wrong way
0: or they won't take it but i promise you they won't take your sign they won't even say anything to you but i promise you when they put their house for sale they're not calling you And I remember very specifically, one in particular, in a very, well, relatively speaking now, expensive area Mm -hmm. in New Albany, Ohio, where uh, Julie and I were putting these uh, directional signs out. And this was a new listing we'd just taken. It was like a million three or something. And that was a lot for us. It's a lot nowadays too and especially considering our first year in real estate our average sale price was like 110 but anyway so yeah. we were selling something it was over a million we had uh, knocked on the neighbor's door asked if we could put the sign in the yard the neighbor was beside themselves i remember it was a man he was beside I themselves himself that we actually asked permission went off on all the other agents so-and-so never asked permission they always put it in their front yard and sure enough within two or three years when he put the house for sale he didn't even interview anybody else he just listened with Julie and i just from that one interaction i'm
1: telling you it's the little things and it's the real life communication that matters to people it does
0: the more people go online the more people are in the metaverse, mm. the less uh, the more powerful offline interchange uh, in, exchanges in being able to communicate become. As fewer people agents um, have the ability to communicate, and know what to say and how to say it, as they start to believe that they can fool the public into thinking they're successful just because they took a picture of them standing in someone in front of someone else's, you know, yeah, Lamborghini or whatever, mm-hmm. right? That type of philosophy uh, approach. To uh, faking it until you make it, as you know, a lot of people refer to it as. The market is worn out on that. What people will really want, especially in times of change, like what we're experiencing now with inflation, a whole bunch of other things that are gonna start happening. Technology, all these other tech, all these other things are gonna start moving people along faster in, in directions that they aren't necessarily wanting to go. And that like for example, I mean the metaverse. We'll just go back to and talk about that tomorrow more. But as that becomes a more commonplace thing, there are going to be people that naturally go to a state of fear, fear of the unknown. They're just nervous about it. They don't want to be, you know, they have a good bit of FOMO, but at the same time, they're scared. How does this new reality fit my old reality? Though anytime there's a lot of things that happen, two or three things that happen that are like that, that are ser- that are on the surface are benign, but because it makes people feel threatened, when people start to feel fear, they stop taking action. And you're going to have a lot of people, maybe yourself, that's going to start slipping into a state of fear. Interest rates rising, inflation, political unrest, who knows what's happening here and there. All those things. We talk about this frequently on this mm-hmm. podcast. You need to remove yourself from those conversations, remove yourself from those thoughts, and focus on the fact that the greatest fortunes and the greatest, essentially, um, legacies of, have always been created during the, the greatest times of change. And we're entering into one of those now. Be part of the change. Don't get stuck in the mud. What a lot of you guys are looking to do is you're looking to create in your lives is a clear sense of direction and how you go from where you are to where you wanna be. I cannot think of a clearer direction than frankly listening to this podcast. I Maybe that sounds braggadocious, but I, obviously tens of thousands of you listen to us every day, so there might be something to that, but also joining our coaching program. We've made it very easy for you. Just text the word Premier to 47372, and you can sign up for coaching for around $100 a month. So text the word Premier to 47372, and you can be on your coaching call, a semi-private coaching call, tomorrow. What time does it start, like uh, 9 a.m.? No,
1: noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific Coast. Yes. Right,
0: and so you can be on your coaching call with your own coach um, tomorrow, and the coaching starts at around $100 a month. And that includes a daily coaching call, Monday through Friday. Do not wait. Text the word PREMIER to 47372, and you can join for around $100 a month. Um, and remember, message and data rates may apply. Anything else you'd like to say to these yes, guys? Yes.
1: Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned when things change, people get into a state of fear. I, I would caution them. Sometimes you guys are there. You wouldn't maybe call it fear. It can manifest in things like waiting to see what happens. I'm going yeah. to wait and see. You, you personally might not call it, oh, I'm feeling fearful, But when you say to yourself, well, I'm just going to see what kind of effect interest rates have or inflation has or these prices have, that means you're waiting and that is inaction and inaction is not profitable. So thus the treasure map and getting involved and helping, allowing us to help you stay unstuck.
0: Remember the statistic that Julie shared with you guys yesterday, and I want to drill down on this and this will be our final final sub point. Um, And again, listen to yesterday's pod and we have thousands of other podcasts you can listen to as well. Julie's final point, or one of the points her, she made yesterday, was there, and when a survey was done, you'll remember the details better mm-hmm. than I, 40% of all homeowners are, would like to buy or, or would obviously like to sell They want to house. move this year. They want to move this year. 40% of all homeowners. Was it homeowners or just people in general want to transact? I,
1: I think it was people in general.
0: Want to tra- so, transact. so you'd
1: have some first-time buyers mixed right. in there.
0: Now, here's what's different. Here's the reason that it was, um, I think, extraordinary, is because the traditional understanding is if you have for example a list of 100 people in your centers of influence and past client list something like 10 of those people will want to transact in the next 12 months the very fact that that number is 4x normal rates tells you it's how huge. much pent up demand there is. Now, how many of those people hype, you know, again, this is, these are all, there are a lot of variables here, but you have to assume that half of those people have houses to sell. Mm-hmm. So this is the reason you, the whole point of, uh, essentially the past couple of days of podcasts is teaching you guys how you can proactively generate at least 10 free listing leads. And, and frankly, you, mm-hmm. we gave, gave you way more than that.
1: Well, actually it's 10 free listing leads per listing.
0: Yeah, per listing, exactly. And again, if you don't have listings, well, at this point, it's your fault. So learn how to be a listing agent. Get some help. That's what we teach you how to do. And Julie shared with you another statistic yesterday that, well, how many, (laughs) I'm quizzing you on stuff you probably won't remember. How many new construction houses are supposed to be?
1: uh, 1.6 million.
0: This year? Yes. And last year, there were a total of less than 6 million total transactions. 15.6% less. Okay. Okay. So the moral of the story is, is there's tons of inventory out there. You just need to learn how to go after it and find it. There are thousands, millions of sellers out there that want to buy or sell this year. You need to focus on not waiting around for the business to show up in your email. Stop thinking that you can be passive with your lead generation. Otherwise, you're going to be like a majority of agents and become real estate roadkill. Learn to be proactive, especially in a changing market like this. When everyone else is telling you to go online and be social and hang out in the you know doing tiktok videos and the rest of it you and everyone's doing that you need to do the exact opposite because the exact opposite is where the opportunity is the other ideas are oversaturated we talked about this again on previous shows sorry for saying that a million times but it's the it's what we're seeing now is the end of push marketing we're seeing the end of the era of you just being able to bombard people with messaging. That has actually been over for a good two, three years from now. And yet, many of you are beating your heads against the wall, still trying to do that. Learn to step aside from that. Learn to be a proactive lead generator, and make this the start of the rest of your life. I you know you'd say your best year ever, but forget that. Have this be the start best of life the ever. best life ever. Why think too? You know, don't think too small. So, guys, in the meantime, remember if you have any show ideas. We get a lot of inspiration from the feedback we get from you guys. If you have anything you'd like to share with Julie Rye, please do text me directly. Do not call 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.